1: Welcome to Center Stage. All things arts and entertainment. We just believe you ought to know about it. There is still so much going on. Oh, hey, COVID is still raging. You have nothing. We Look, we can move through this and a lot of artists are working and doing great things. We have a great lineup tonight and even Rohan Preston is going to join us. So first, let's talk about our guest whom I adore, Jeremy Messersmith. I don't know about you, but that calms me immediately. Absolutely calms me. And a beautiful night is coming ahead for fans of Jeremy Messersmith. He has a date lined out, lined up next Saturday at the Dakota. And, of course, if you want to know more about it, stay tuned because he is joining us right now. How are you, Jeremy?
2: Oh, I'm doing so well. How are you doing, Jerilyn?
1: I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice and to hear your voice singing um as I stated just a second ago. I am calmed by your music. Do other people tell you that uh yeah
2: yeah, they do uh i'm not I'm not sure what it is maybe it's maybe it's my voice but um i'm I'm glad to help people kind of you know regulate their emotions and uh, and settle in a bit i have maybe unintentionally put people to sleep at my shows before. So, uh, so that's a thing. <laughs> well,
1: you've never put me to sleep, that's for sure. So here's <laughs> the thing I want to ask you. You've yeah. been at this business for a long time. How many years in?
2: Oh, boy, my first record 2006, so a good 15 years or so,
1: yeah. 15 years can fly by. Does it feel like it's flying by, or do you look forward only?
2: Uh, No, it feels like it. I feels like i just put that album out and um i still feel like i'm you know in my i mean i still, still feel like i'm in my 20s
1: <laughs> yeah, it does, right? And you look like it, by the way. It's not fair. It's just not fair. So well, here okay. you are. Well,
2: my my knee is my knees more than make up for it at this point, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> Join the knee families, man. Join us. It's so true. Okay, so let's talk about how much you've grown over these 15 years. Um, I didn't realize you've been doing this for 15 years. So can you tell me, before we talk about the big event coming up at the Dakota, tell me what it has been like in those 15 years, the ups and downs, the um, that you have been able to adjust every time to it or have there been moments when it was difficult to adjust
2: well it's been a bit of a roller coaster and you know sometimes i've been able to uh kind of handle it better than other times i mean just the joy of you know hearing the song you know played on the radio for the very first time is is a high like none other uh you know getting to to go on tour and that kind of stuff um also just kind of getting older and seeing your audience like kind of like change and and uh, age with you, you know, seeing like, oh, there's more, there's more kids at my shows these days and things like that um, kind of <laughs> yeah. makes you think about uh, maybe new things to write about. And uh, that's, that's always fascinating.
1: So let's talk about this night that's ahead for the fans um, that is happening at the Dakota. Tell us about it.
2: Well, it's going to be uh, me performing a bunch of love songs kind of to prep for Valentine's Day with uh, my longtime string section, the Laurel's String Quartet. And when I say love songs, it's, uh, for, for me, that's kind of an opportunity to maybe subvert some expectations, and there'll be some, kind of, uh, some fun stuff, too, and a few covers as, as well.
1: Covers. Okay, so that's been a while. I don't think I've ever heard you do covers before.
2: Yeah, I, I don't do them very often, usually because if I'm spending the time to learn someone else's song, that, that means, well, I just didn't write one of my own. But, uh, <laughs> but in this case, there are some really beautiful... Um, uh, string arrangements done by my friend uh, Andy Thompson, who works with the Minnesota Orchestra. And uh, just, I can't wait to play them for people.
1: I know it's going to be a beautiful night. Tell me how difficult or how easy it is for you to write love songs.
2: Well, um, <laughs> I would say that uh, starting to write them is very easy. But um, love is kind of a concept that as you as you spend more time thinking about it, uh, could mean any number of things. I wrote a song uh, this last week called uh, "This Is What I Mean When I Say I Love You" because uh, when somebody says "I love you," you know it could mean, you know, I would die for you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, or it could just mean this burrito is really good. Um, <laughs> no, so, so <laughs> you know it can, it can mean a range of things. It's always uh, always a good topic to write on.
1: You know, your fans will be at the Dakota, I'm sure of it, and they're going to be looking for the songs, the love songs, and so many of the other songs. Do you pick and choose from all of the projects? I mean, how many albums do you have?
2: Oh, boy, I would have five or six, maybe maybe seven at this point. Um, I'll be playing a few songs from, uh, I have a little solo side project called um, Mixtape for the Milky Way, and I think I'll be playing a few songs that I've never performed live uh, from that side project that are love songs.
1: And it's called mistake. What did you call it? Uh, sorry, uh,
2: mixtape, like an old school mixtape. Oh, mixtape! Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mixtape for the
2: Milky Way. Yeah.
1: For the Milky Way, I love that. Yeah. You know, it sounds like you're about to enter into a whole nother world where you're doing nursery rhymes or something. Uh,
2: <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean
1: that's that would, really that a would sweet be a pretty, title.
2: a pretty lucrative field if I could get into that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so true, isn't it? It's so true. Yeah. So yeah. once people get there and they start to hear any of the new music you're doing, on you've got to pop like a song that you haven't even recorded yet that you want to sing for this audience.
2: Oh, yeah. I did write one in the heart of lockdown last winter that I've not recorded yet called uh, When All of This is Over that I'm very excited to play. Um, and when been, all of just, this is I just, over, I just went down through my my bucket list of like things that I wanted to do, uh, you know, once once I could see people again, once I could go out again, and uh, uh, I wonder if my list is the same as
1: anyone else's. You know, when COVID first started, a lot of us just pulled back and said, okay, just wait. And then yeah. others said, no, 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 I'm still going to work. I'm still going to try to travel a little bit and try to really make it work. Um, but now, for me, I have settled in beautifully. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> I love to sing. If I get the chance to do it, I'm just thrilled. And if I yeah. don't, I'm safe. It's okay. So there's yeah. that mixture for me, and I'm sure for you, um, I yeah. don't know how you deal with it, but it's not easy, is it?
2: No, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's been particularly easy for anyone over the last few years. And uh, yeah, I don't know if things will ever be back to normal, but it's going to feel real great to be singing for folks again.
1: Isn't that the truth? Okay. So I just want to make sure that our audience knows just Jeremy Messersmith. Is he married with children or not?
2: Uh, no, not married, and uh, no, no children for me. So,
1: uh, yeah. ooh, I got women to call tonight, honey. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna be calling everybody. <laughs> Did you not know the man is not married to anyone?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say, I've, I've, I work very hard to keep it that way.
1: Do you? I can imagine what it takes. I can only imagine what it takes. So congratulations on doing the show and keep doing what you do because we love what you do. And I hope that we are introducing you to new fans tonight uh, just from that song that we heard at the beginning, Sweep Me Off My Feet. It's always a pleasure, Jeremy. Have a great show at the Dakota.
2: Thank you. I will, gentlemen. Take it easy.
1: Take care of you. Bye. Mm If you want more information, all you have to do is go to dakotacooks.com. Again, that's dakotacooks.com to get any information about Jeremy Smith at the Dakota next Saturday. Don't miss it. It really will just kind of soothe your heart, soothe the worries, and just put a smile on your face. I know I've been out in the audience before all right coming up next is Rohan Preston lead theater critic at the Star Tribune and of course we talk a lot about theater Uh, we talk a lot about uh, where we are at with theater with all the changes and the protocols oh my gosh it seems like so much so much is um, happening to us and as we go forward with those things by the way when it comes to theater because many of you know the Guthrie had to stop uh, with one of the plays that's not being presented right now it will come along again soon we hope um, but just know, uh, when you hear from Rohan Preston, hopefully he'll give us some insight on what is happening to theater and where is it going today. And after Rohan, I want to let you know that we also have Paul Peterson joining us tonight. They've had a big, um, having a big event coming up for the scholarship at the University of Minnesota that they have honoring their mother, Jeannie Arlen Peterson. And I'm really looking forward to talking to him about this Funk Friday thing that he's been doing. Man, he's been doing so much of it, getting some famous musicians playing for one minute. It's a very cool thing, and I can't wait to tell you more about it. Then at 9.50, Lane Moore is going to join us. She's going to be performing at the Amsterdam. And I hope I understand that it is a woman. Ooh, if it's not, I'm in trouble. We'll
3: be back. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
1: Welcome back to Center Stage. Yes, it is all things arts and entertainment. We just want you to know about it. There's so much happening around the state of Minnesota, especially here in the Twin Cities metro area when it comes to theater. And there are changes that are happening as well. And as promised, Rohan Preston, lead theater critic for the Star Tribune, is joining us right now. How are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Great to have you join us tonight. And of course, with all the theaters that are, you know, the ebb and flow of, of it all, or the starting and Amen. and stopping, it's got to be maddening for you. <laughs> How do well, you deal with it?
4: You know, part of the thing is, that and it's really interesting, is that, um, and you know, this life of a performing artist is, is a challenge. And so now all of us are in that same boat. You know, we just get to... We get to flow and ebb and, and really looks like, just like jazz, basically, you
1: know? Oh, look at you turning that into... <laughs> that's awesome! <laughs> you enjoyed that, didn't you? I know you did. I did, I did, you know? Okay, so, so right where do that. we begin? Where do we begin, Rohan? Because there is a lot going on across the Twin Cities metro area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you've been paying attention to it all. What are you hearing from some of the um directors from of, of the pieces some that have been p- pushed back and others that have been pushed forward
4: Yeah, so um there the, the, there are two shows that that are um coming up one of them i saw last night which is uh, redwood um which is and Kay allen's play at the dungo theater and that play was on um th- th- was supposed to open it was in previews when it shut down two years ago and it finally opened after two years, and they never changed the set. They kept the set on there, and um, it's a beautiful production. And it's it's really it's funny because it, it's a comedy in the first act, and it um, then it gets into serious drama in the second. And it and it's based uh, about it's about uh, an interracial couple that um, when uh, they do the genie junior- up genealogical research um, finds out that one family owned the other's family.
1: (laughs) That's that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. And by the way, can I just say quickly that the set design standing on that stage for two years says a lot. It speaks volumes of where we are and where we've come from. Am I correct?
4: Oh, absolutely. And on top of that, It also represents, I think, this determination, like the theater was determined to come back and to do it. Um, And so I applaud them. It's a beautiful production, opened last night, and it runs for a few weeks uh, there at the Jungle. Um, I certainly applaud them and encourage everyone. It runs through March 13th at the Jungle.
1: March 13th at the Jungle yeah. Theater. Okay, and of course you just go to jungletheater.com, I think. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, you know? yeah,
4: it's jungletheater.com. And, okay. um, you know, <clears throat> by the way, I, I, I know that Footloose is opening this weekend at, at, at Chanhassen. Uh, Chanhassen, right? yeah.
1: Oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing then of course the Ordway I forget what is what they open and what's coming. By the way those violinists those two brothers those viol- the black violinists are coming to town this month I believe. I am so sad I haven't bought my tickets yet. You've been to see them if I'm not if I'm um, correct.
4: I don't remember them but I know what you know I know who you're talking about the these are Damien and Toure um, right. Bar, right? Right, right. And I haven't seen them live, but I've seen um, uh, and heard their music um, elsewhere. But I'd love to. Um, I'd love to see them. So I think you're right. Let me see. Are they coming to the Ordway?
1: They are coming to the Ordway, so get your tickets. I got to get mine tonight, and, and let me tell you, I, I'm going to look for you. You're usually in the center down front. I'll be way in the back, in the you know, way in the back, not in the balcony, but the mezzanine, absolutely. So I'll I'll wave when you pass me at the end. Oh,
4: no, no, I, I I I mean, we'll we'll be there together. But I'm looking now, and I don't see it on here. What? Um, Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I I, I see something. um, I see something Black Violin coming on the 3rd of um, April. Yeah, you're right.
1: Oh, it's the 3rd of April. Gosh, I thought it it was this month. Well, we have time. We have time. I want to bring my nine-year-old granddaughter because she plays music. Okay, let's get back to to theaters. Um, What theaters are you seeing that are really thriving right now? I know Hennepin Theater Trust has been through, you know, a wave of uh, emotions, I'm sure, with all the changes they've made. But boy, they seem to really have it down, packed. They seem to know exactly where they're going. Well, you know, I think
4: I, you, you you've hit the nail on the head. I don't know if anyone is thriving in this sense. I think everyone is is in this uh, weary state, and and is you know just we're just they're just hoping now for um, for everything to like for the virus to calm down and for the new normal that we have to to continue. As you, as you know, um, Walker Art Center, for example. Has postponed most of its shows. It, it has the annual out there series, and pretty much all of those were postponed to later. and And then the children's theater had its its uh, circus from Ethiopia that was coming in and had right. to postpone that. Um, but there is a show at the children's theater um, that's really really good. It's called Venus Six Apples," and yeah. and that show is worth seeing. Um, you know, it's it, it's a a kid basically surviving in a war zone. It's set during the uh, Korean war. Um, And it's beautifully written. Lloyd So is a playwright and gorgeously performed. So um, I I am starving for great work. And when I see it, I have to sing about it so By all means, go see that show.
1: (laughs) Right, and I've heard people really rave about that particular piece and how poignant it is and perfect for this time. Um, So I'm really hoping people are getting out to see that show.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm really looking forward to Footloose again, um, I don't know if anyone is thriving, but Chan Hassan has was able to do Music Man missing only the last week of performances because of COVID and is now doing this show, Footloose. And so they they have something that works, um, which is which is great and I can't wait to see it. It's um they, they did have to um postpone some stuff with that, so it's delayed a couple of weeks, but it opens this week officially. And I can't
1: wait to see it. You know, we're seeing things like a big theater. I think it seats 800, I'm not sure, at Chan Hassan. They have, of course, the tribute shows in one theater. But on the main stage, it's usually the main piece, like Footloose. However, there have been times I've been there in the big room, and I saw Michael Monroe and his trio performing. And I was like, wow, this is awesome that they're in this room. And then you have places like uh, Crooners, where they do... um, Oh my goodness, what's the name of the piece uh, that talks about Rondo? That's it, the Rondo area. I think it's called oh, Rondo yeah. 56 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. And so it's really interesting to see a club doing this particular piece that is more theatrical and uh, a theater that is doing big pieces, but then they put this beautiful music on it. I, I think we're starting to see hybrids happen around us.
4: Oh, absolutely. I think. There is a lot of experimentation going on because we don't know. I mean, it's just like, you know, just like how now people use um, Zoom and, and Teams and all of this stuff for meetings. Um, I think everything is changing and everything is in flux. And in a way, that's really uh, exciting because it means that there is experimentation, there's coping, and we're going to come out of this experience with a lot of new skills um, so i I, lo- I love that and as you know I mean you, you're in the business as well and and you you perform and it's and it changed so much um, and at the same time people still have a craving for live art and to to be able to just take in listen to a great song being sung by The Steel
1: Sisters. Oh, you're really sweet. Look at that. Oh, my God. Give me $20. (laughs) But, no, seriously, um, you hit on something there because... The challenge is to make sure that all of these industries, uh, the arts, are intact. And I know we've lost some of the smaller theaters, and I know you have probably had some difficult times having to deal with that, having to realize that or even talk to those who had to close their doors or close their doors for, for a certain amount of time. Tell me, are we starting to thrive again in the theater district?
4: I, you know, that is my, that's my hope. I mean, I, I can't say definitively, I think, I think, you know, we are close to the end of this wave of COVID. Um, I don't know if we are, but I, I, from what I've read and seen, it looks like we're on the downslope from that. And I, and that is my great hope. Um, and I think that's going to help us get to a new normal, um, And, and, and where we can use that word, that thrive word, and, and where we can have this hope and sunshine, and where we can have this spring. Um, and so I'm, I'm very hopeful. I'm very, very hopeful. Um, and I can't wait to see, you know, shows again at, at the Guthrie and Penumbra is coming up with a third good, a one person show and, and you know, I just there there are lots of shows at the Orpheum, but also Mixed Blood Theater. Moo is coming up, of course. The Jungle has this show, and so I'm I'm very excited, you know, you know, for what is possible, and I'm guarded um, about, you know, I don't don't want to be over my skis, if you will.
1: Yeah, I understand that. Well, I'm sure glad that you are still the lead theater critic at the Star Tribune, and that you're still out there. You know, talking to the theaters, finding out as much as you can, and sharing that with the public. So, thank you for what you do, and I know it's a hard time, but we will get through these hard times. It's well, great to talk to you. Thank you
4: for what you do as well, and you know, it, it is for all of us to hope. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm thankful. I mean, that we have uh, these institutions, and the, you know, the paper is committed. Um, to covering and supporting, and and um, the institutions themselves are are benefiting uh, uh, from you know laws and and stimulus um, that was given by um, uh, led by Senator Inukovishar and Tina Smith. Um, that so the arts institutions, you know, they're only getting a fraction of what they would have gotten, but they they're getting enough to uh, get by at the moment, and I'm very very thankful about that. So that when we come out of it, we, the, the devastation won't be, um, won't be as bad. It's, it's still been bad, but it, it, you know, it's lessened, if you know what I mean.
1: Well, from your mouth to God's ears, thank you so <laughs> much for joining us tonight. I miss you, and it's good yeah, to have yeah, you yeah, back, Rohan. Thank Wuhan. you so much. Stay safe.
4: Okay. Oh, bye-bye.
1: All right. We're going to take a break and come back with my next guest, Paul Peterson, in a moment. Welcome back, everyone, to Center Stage. I am so excited to have Paul Peterson on. The Peterson family and the Steels have known each, on, each other for a very long time. Patty Peterson <laughs> and I are like sisters, and so it's like family to me. How are you, Paul? I'm doing so good. Thank you so much for calling. It's great to hear your voice. You know, y'all are some working folk, honey. I love it. You're all over the place. And you came up with this idea for Funk Friday. Tell us about that.
0: 100 episodes later, this is a weekly (laughs) one-minute funk piece that we've been putting out on the internet since the very beginning of the pandemic. It was an idea of my intern who, uh, for my podcast that I have called Music on the Run. He said, Paul, you should do something that will attract people over to the podcast. Why don't you do a one-minute funk jam? And I'm like, I need to do one more thing on my schedule like I need a hole in the head. But I, I said, okay, listen, listen, let's do this. We'll figure it out as we go. So I'm in New York City the day that they shut down Broadway doing a gig. Oh, so yeah. we, that's where we did our first Funk Friday. And what was it? Two days ago, we celebrated our
1: 100th
0: consecutive episode. Sherilyn, we've been having so much fun with this. And you know what really is cool about it is that we do it to bring some light and some harmony into this crazy world of ours.
1: You know, here's the thing. It is a crazy world right now, and uh, it's not easy for some, and it's easier for others. I'm, I'm, uh, you know... And extroverts. So for me, it's a little easier, but I do worry about those. And there are musicians who are introverts. So tell me about some of these that you had a chance to work with that just blew your mind in a minute. Uh Uh-oh. Do we have a problem with him right now, Jonathan? Try again, Paul. Hold on. Again, we are talking with Paul Peterson. We're having a little difficulty with his microphone right now. Um, but he does something called Funk Friday. You can actually go on his Facebook page and look up a whole bunch of these episodes. It's their hundredth one they just did. A hundred. Are you there, Paul? I
0: don't know what's going on. You know, it's the Internet.
1: <laughs> That's what it is. It's just the Internet. Yeah, okay, so out of the 100 people that you have done this one-minute Funk Friday Tell me at least three of them that just blew your mind. There's so many of them that did, but give me three.
0: I would have to say for putting together the old Steve Miller band, the new Steve Miller band, and Paul McCartney's band, that was one, Punk Friday. So that was the Peterson family, the Woot family, and the uh, uh, Laborel family. So it was crazy. That was great. (laughs) <laughs> Probably playing with Ghost Note, which is a bunch of incredible, crazy musicians. Um, There's are they're, they're just great musicians. Corey Wong, members of Jimmy Kimmel's band, um, Hall and Oates, Earthwind and Fires, Stevie Nicks. I mean, it's it's insanity. See, Carolyn, the fun thing for me, and I'm, I don't even mean to brag. This just happened by accident. These people started calling me going, I want a part of being in Funk Friday. We just want to play. This became an outlet for musicians who who couldn't tour for the last two years right, to just right. get together virtually and hang and play and spread some, you know, some, some love into this world. So it has been not only have I got to play with my family and my friends, but my circle has completely uh, expanded, uh, man. widened. It, it, It's just been beyond my expectations of fun, and I'm still having a ball, and there's no signs of stopping.
1: Wow. I'm so, so happy for you. I think it's a great idea, and I hope you continue it. I hope we get to 1,000. Are you thinking like that? (laughs) Keep it going. No,
0: you know, why not? You know, here's what's cool about it. We don't we don't generate any money on that. None of the players get paid. All these world-class, over 160 world-class musicians, I might add. We don't do it for the money, but what we did do is we had a Funk Friday 100 special on Friday night. I'm rebroadcasting it as we speak on, on Facebook Live on my St. Paul Peterson page, and we are raising money for the Peterson Family Scholarship in Jazz Studies at the University of Minnesota. We've been lucky enough to, uh, to have five recipients of this scholarship, and we're trying to keep the genre of jazz alive one student at a time, and it's just all about giving back. So we're raising money through an online auction and, of course, direct donations. And if you just go to paulpeterson.com, he'll, uh, you'll get to see all the links give you all the information there but that's what it's all about we all want to give back
1: i think it's so wonderful that your family is doing this this is really important to jazz and to those that really work so hard and want to stick and stay with it because it's it's we've lost a few during the pandemic when it comes to um you know some schools that have programs that have been either canceled or diminished so thank you so much for doing this and the scholarship will help if people want more information where they can go and give um where do they go
0: once you just go to my my website, paulpeterson.com.
1: And there's a donate right there button on the there. Page okay, there's the a donate button. The online
0: button. auction and links to uh, the way to to give directly to the University of Minnesota Peterson Family Scholarship page.
1: Oh, it's so awesome! It's always a pleasure to speak to a Peterson. Thank you so much, Paul, for joining us tonight. And keep the funk going. Keep it going. You know I will. Okay, then. <laughs> tell my I sister girl, you. I said, we hey, love much family, love, man. Right? Okay, take care. Bye-bye. That is our own Paul Peterson. You know, some people know him as St. Paul Peterson when he was with Prince and um, he is out there doing it. He and the family are doing it and they just love the music. They just keep creating it. Now coming up, we have a guest by the name of Lane Moore. And this week, Lane Moore will be at the Amsterdam in St. Paul and we'll tell you more and what it's all about in just a moment. Oh my goodness! Look at what time it is, you guys. Nine forty-four, and I am excited to have my brother JD on tonight. Um, JD, welcome back to WCCO Radio. How are you? I'm
5: doing great, my dear. Is he there? How
1: are you doing? I'm doing. I'm so glad I caught up with you because you just got back in town yesterday from um, Washington, D.C., and you had the incredible honor of performing at the Kennedy. At the Kennedy, finish it for me.
5: Yes, the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts. I had such
1: a... Yes! It is such a beautiful place, and to have you on that stage it's like having all of the steels on that stage. Jay, you oh, walked before be us, and I am telling you, this is you are representing, dude. Tell us what that was like for you to stand. You know, when we did uh, Carnegie Hall years ago, standing in that magic circle, you know, um, it was so awe-inspiring. Right? I, we were awestruck. Um, what did you feel when you stood out there on the uh, the Kennedy Center on that stage?
5: Well, the Kennedy Center, I, I have to say, so this is one of the most fabulous places I've ever performed at, uh, without question, in the whole world. It's just a fabulous... It's my second time being there, which was really exciting. Uh, I got a chance to have a fuller experience uh, this time than I did the last time because I was there with my Shangalia and Totowa, Africa, Choir of Kids uh, back in 2008 when we were touring with Hugh Masakela.
1: Oh, uh, I didn't
5: know that. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we did uh, Atlanta and we did DC and then we did New York. So, but that was back then. And uh, it's a fabulous place. And there was really a fun experience once again, even more fun this time because we're on that major concert hall stage.
1: So, you do know this is why your mother keeps asking you for a full bio of your, your, your whole musical life, which expands for what, 40 years or something. No, seriously, because I, I don't remember that you were on that stage. So, I'm so glad to hear that. Um, knowing that you were there and so many, um, so many have graced those, that hallowed stage, um, and performed or accepted an incredible award, like, you know, former President Barack Obama, and so many others, their names have been called out in that space. When you were there performing, uh, conducting the choir, did you get a sense of them being there before you?
5: Well, I did because of the pictures in my dressing room and the pictures in the hallways uh, back in the, in the dressing room areas. Of and signatures of people who would perform that you find, you know, in many venues we go to, people sign their names and put up pictures. So, so yeah, you you definitely get a feeling of uh, how how hallowed those halls are. Uh, without question, I definitely uh, got that feeling. So it was, it was so exciting, sis. I can't tell you to do it on stage with Christian McBride and. Uh, all of the artists that was performing with the Howard University Gospel Choir. I
1: know, even with the threats, you know, coming at them, bomb yeah. threats and that sort of thing, you which know, is absolutely terrifying.
5: Started, yeah, when, when we first started rehearsals uh, last Monday, there had been uh, HBCU threats around the country, and Howard That's right. hit twice in 24 hours. So That's the kids right. were a little not hit with bombs, yeah, but
1: hit did. with you know having to take cover, right?
5: Huh? No, not, no, not like yeah. that. No, it's just that the fact that there was a threat uh, right. and, you know, there were some lockdowns going on on campus. But the kids were so resilient, fantastic. Uh, and we pressed on and, and uh, really had a fantastic time. I was so honored to work with them. And that was my first time on Howard University's campus. So wow. I was just all just with, you know, walking the, the grounds of Howard University.
1: Amazing, Jay, just amazing. Well, we are honored as your siblings to um, to know that you have been there twice, and to honor that um, you have, you're the one that you know started us singing back here in Minnesota when we arrived, and I'm so grateful for it. What you do, your accomplishments, we are not just proud, we are grateful for you, Jay. So well I'm done. I'm
5: grateful for you all too. You know, I love you. So much. Love you. So I love much. you too. It's just so Thanks exciting.
1: for joining us. I appreciate you. Uh, let me call you at the last minute. <laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> love you. <laughs>
5: right, sis, I love you very much. By the way, Sam was. The piano recital was fantastic.
1: Uh, Oh, I'm glad you said that. Sanford Moore had his last recital tonight. uh, Phenomenal.
5: And his presentation, Dennis Spears and the Capri Theater did a great job of producing that show.
1: Capri Theater. Yay. All right. Take care, Jay. I'll talk to you soon. I
5: love you, sis. Bye-bye.
1: Love you, too. Take a break, and we'll come back with our last guest for tonight. And just, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, That's right. We do have Lane Moore that's going to join us. And we're excited to have her. I don't know her at all, but I'm sitting here looking at, you know, a lot of her, her information and I have questions that I want to ask her because this week at the Amsterdam in St. Paul, you get to get set for the Valentine's Day that she's presenting uh, by checking out her Tenderline. I'm sorry, Tender Live with Lane Moore. Again, it's called Tender Live with Lane Moore. Now, that sounds interesting to me. She's going to join us to preview the fun improvisational show that talks about dating and one of the first big dating apps out there. Yeah, Tinder. (laughs) All right. Uh, Is she ready to join us now, Jonathan? Oh, we're going to have to wait. She is on the line. Yes. Lane Moore, are you there? Yes. Hello. Hello, I'm so glad that you're joining us tonight. Congratulations on your upcoming show. Um, I hear that it's, it, that it's being previewed, uh, the, the fun improvisational show that you're doing. And you're going to talk about dating and one of the first big dating apps out there, which I heard about years ago called Tinder. I am so thrilled about the title of this, Tinder Live with Lane Moore. So it's a pleasure to meet you online. I wish I could have you in the studio, Um, but of course we're on, um, you know, we have to do it differently now because of COVID. Tell me what the show is going to be about, Tinder Live.
6: Absolutely. So what I do is I project my uh, Tinder onto a projector screen and I go through it live in real time and the audience chooses who we swipe on, but, you know, I always like to tell people who haven't seen the show before, we're really only swiping right on the weirdest profiles. You know, if a guy comes up and he looks really nice and cool, we're just swiping left. We're just going after the guys who you would never swipe right on because the profiles are so weird.
1: Oh, my goodness. I apologize, Lane. My vo- my microphone went weird, so forgive me for that. Um oh, that's I just... I just wanted to say to you that Tinder, I actually know couples that have actually gotten married uh, because of Tinder bringing them together. And so to know that you're doing this and to talk about this, I can just imagine the fun moments you've had in your own head about what, what is happening in this show. Is this your first time doing Tinder Live?
6: Uh, no, I've been doing the show for years. Yeah, I do it every month in New York City.
1: Oh, my gosh. So in New York City, it's easy for them to receive it. In Minnesota, how do you think that would be received?
6: Um, I've done it in Minnesota a few times, and it's, I've done it all across the country, around the world, and it's so funny because it really is this, it's such a relatable thing, whether you've never used a dating app or you're on the dating app or, you know, you met your partner on the dating app, Or, you know, whether you're frustrated or really happy with it, you know, you know, how frustrating it can be to try to make a connection with somebody. And, you know, it's really it's really funny to look through a profile of like, oh, this guy has a photo of himself and he's naked with a dead animal. Like, what is this guy trying to what is he looking for? What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) Like, just kind of laughing at the ways that we're, you know, trying to connect. And it doesn't always work.
1: Oh, my goodness. Lane Moore, I hope you can. All right, Lane Moore, um, I'm having some problems, but thank you for your patience. This is happening at the Amsterdam. And are you getting the audience involved at all in the show?
6: Oh, yes. It's an extremely interactive show. So the audience chooses whether I swipe right or left, which is just really special because the show is entirely improvised. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who I'm going to match with. I don't know what I'm going to say to them when I match them. But when I match with somebody, I chat with them in real time, and it, it's just totally improvisational. Anything can happen, and the energy is just really electric because it's watching a completely improvised, we don't know where it's going to go comedy show, so there's really nothing like it. Yeah.
1: I so want to go. Please tell me there are some, just a few tickets left.
6: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would I would love that. Yeah, there, there are tickets left right now, so definitely... Go get them. It's going to be really fun, especially for Valentine's Day, uh, around Valentine's Day week. It's going to be nice.
1: Final question. Are you in love? Do you have love I mean, in your life? I have
6: love in my life in general. Yeah, I'm like, that's kind of a funny thing. I think people who haven't seen the show before, you know, maybe they think that I'm cynical. I'm actually a hopeless romantic. I think that's one of the reasons I created the show, because it can be hard out there for us. And I really wanted to make a show that talks about how hard it can be how hard it can be to, you know, find love in this world and try to find some humor in it along the way.
1: And by the way, you look like um, uh, what is her name that's saying roar? uh, Katy Perry. You look like Katy Perry. (laughs) You're really oh, doing you really do in this picture I've been looking at. It's like, oh, my gosh, she could be like her sister. So that's really cool. But I'm I'm just hoping that people will just flock to this because I can just imagine how funny this is going to be. Now, how what are the ages? Like can teenagers 16, 17 come, that sort of thing? I, I think it's I think
6: it's all ages, but yeah, you'd have to check Amsterdam. It might be twenty-one and over, but it might be yeah. I I, I believe it's eighteen and over, but it, I'm not really sure. I'm sorry, I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> well, Lane, uh, I. I just oh it's 18 plus Jonathan just said he found out it's 18 plus I want to meet you I want to sit down and have coffee and dessert with you I just think that you are going to be hilarious so you might see a black girl sitting in the back that's me I
6: would love that so much that sounds so wonderful
1: (laughs) I'm gonna see if I can get my tickets thank you so much for joining us tonight and if people want information where to get their tickets where do they go
6: yeah, so you can go to the Amsterdam Bars website. Uh, I'm also at Hello Lane Moore on all the social media websites, and you can find tickets and dates there.
1: Oh, fabulous. Stay as fabulous and funny and adorable as you are, and um, we look forward to having you on where we don't have any technical problems. So thank you for being patient. I sure appreciate it.
6: Absolutely, yeah. One day we could hug. It would be amazing.
1: Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Look for me, honey. <laughs> Big, beautiful black woman. Here I come. <laughs> Thank you so much. You take care of yourself, Lane.
6: Thank you. You too.
1: Thank you. All right. The show is called Tender Live with Lane Moore. All you have to do is go to the Amsterdam website. Um, it's on Eventbrite. There's so many ways that you can find it. So make sure you get your tickets because come on, it, she, she is previewing this fun improvisational show that talks about dating and one of the first big dating apps, Tinder. There you go. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment.